We are speaking with the one and only Ross Jennings, of course, of the band Haken. The new album, A Shadow of My Future Self, is out November 19th. I've had a chance to hear it, and it's phenomenal. So as we say here in Montreal, bonjour, Ross. How are you? Bonjour. Uh, phenomenal. That's a great review. That's probably the yeah. best review I've had so far. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, we'll just stop it there. Yeah, awesome. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> well, we'll make this an Instagram post, just uh, real quick. Um, but uh, talk to me about the, uh, the this. You know, I, I always find it interesting when a band member steps out of the band to do a solo project. So the first question is, what was the motivation? Is it just songs that you wanted to to put out and they just they weren't hacking or haking the songs or, or talk to me about wanting to step out and do this? Yeah, obviously, um, I'm very cautious and, and weary of calling this a lockdown album, but essentially um, that's <laughs> that's what provoked this, uh, you know, to happen. And so, yeah, here we here we were with cancelled tours and um a lot of time on my hand i didn't i just didn't want to stop you know um i had this momentum going so um straight away as as you know as soon as i could i was hooking up some other musicians and writing these demos on my own and kind of getting this all all the pieces of the puzzle in place um but essentially what you picked up on there was uh, genre wise um these are these are songs that um, stem from me just sitting around on my own with my guitar and coming up with singer-songwriter style uh, pieces yeah. of music, um, which are a lot more personal to me. And they had they had really no place in in Haken or Novena, which is another project I'm involved with. Right. And um, it just felt right to put these the collection of songs together and and um, produce this in, in this way. Uh, it was not really an ego thing at all. It was um, really just an opportunity and an itch I've been wanting to scratch for some time. When when you're writing for yourself and not for the band, how do you sort of decide which song goes in the Ross pile and which song goes in the band pile? I mean, is it the lyrical content that says, whoops, no, this can't be for the band. This is too personal. It has to be for Ross. Or is there some other kind of measure where you just go, nope. That goes to pile A. This one's pile B. Well, no, it's not really like that because um, with Haken, for example, um, it's it's a bit more collaborative and, and collective in in the songwriting stage. So, um, you know, we'd meet up and actually it would start with just simple kind of grooves and um, you know drum loops or a, a particular riff maybe, which uh, which will play in a circle and trying to evolve a song together. Um, use it with that template but um i think if i'm if i'm coming up with um some songs from home on my own there might be like a chorus idea which i'll try and use in a in a haken song because there'll be some nice l lyrical passage i'm not really that protective over that because essentially um if it works then i'll you know put that line i've come up with in, in a haken song if it works and everyone uh, agrees to it <laughs> and sometimes that's happened um there is an example of this on on a shadow of my future self um it's the song um uh duh, 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 which one did i use now i'm trying to think <laughs> Uh, there, there is a there's a piece of music there's a chorus that i used um, on one of the tracks and it, i tried to use it on prosthetic um 
and in the end it wasn't really gelling so and a lot, uh, the other guy said no this isn't working we've got a better idea let's try this chorus and we ended up going with the alternate choice um, um so yeah i just so i kept that back and i've used it on this record now and it works a lot better in the context i'll have to remember which course that was <laughs> you'll, you'll figure it out now now the album is self-produced I'm assuming in this case it's because it's like you said a lockdown album and you, it was hard to get another producer. But is that something that you ascribe to is is self-producing rather than having a outside ears? Because I've always felt that having outside ears is important to sort of say, "Ooh, this works. This doesn't work. Try this. Try that." Uh, talk to me about the sort of the self-producing uh, this album, given the context. Yeah, I mean. It's obviously labelled as self-producing, and I had um, the final say on a lot of on, on everything. <laughs> um, however, I did um, have the ears of um, the participating musicians and um, the the gentleman who mixed my album, Karim Sino, had, had a lot to do with the overall sound in. in you know, he would make suggestions, send me files. Hey, I think the guitars should sound this way, and and I would weigh it up and make that decision. So yeah, we I had a I had some external input also. Um, so yeah, it was just essentially the producer's role is the the last man standing making the the final decisions <laughs> on the whole thing. But um, yeah, I, I wasn't completely alone um, in the process, which is thank which I'm thankful for. So s- semi self produced. Myself, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good credit. I still like I still like the collaborative process, even though it is a solo album, and um, and and bouncing the ideas off off the musicians, you know, because they're going to bring to the table things that I might not have thought of, you know, and and in many cases it, that did happen, and I can only count that as a blessing, um, you know, and whilst it might look like I'm taking credit for every single note and decision, <laughs> um, there's there's still a there's still somewhat of a collaborative process. Well, as, as we said, it, it's semi-self-produced. So <laughs> it's, our, it's our new term we're inventing. Um, <laughs> let me just quickly, uh, before we get back to the album, uh, quickly talk about the the Virus album that you put out last year. Yeah. yeah. It was postponed, Happily. and then it was postponed, and then it was postponed, and then it was postponed <laughs> again, and then it came out. Uh, talk to me about putting out an album in that context where you just, you know you can't go tour it. It's just going to be out there. Uh, was it a difficult decision to say, okay, let's just throw it out there and when we get to tour, we tour? Or was there a, a debate with the band that just said, hey, you know what, let's just let's just hold this until we can go support it properly. Talk to me about that that whole process and then finally just getting it out. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty painful to watch that being delayed and we were, we were kind of at the mercy of... Uh, production schedules as well at that time and this was right in the heart of the um, I'm talking about physical production by the way like vinyls and CDs and things like that and and also distribution because that was limited that was very limited at that time uh, so we were at the mercy of all that going on and yeah we had a lot of people saying yeah, just throw it out digitally you know and let us listen to it <laughs> but there's there are you know procedures and protocols at play which um you know i'm glad we made that decision in the end because it helped us get you know certain chart positions and things like this so um i think that was the right call to make in the end 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, was the album originally going to be called Virus, or was it part of the whole COVID thing? You just went, forget it. Oh, no, you know the answer to this by now, surely. <laughs> no, this is... um. This was a Vector Virus was uh, the planned double album, as you were, um, if you like, yeah. uh, back in the 2018 when we were putting this stuff together. So, yeah, it was always the plan um, to call it Virus. It just happened to be a, um, a very, very <laughs> profound coincidence. <laughs> Apropos, um, progressive music. You know, in Canada, of course, we, we've had Rush and we've had a bunch of others and we've always supported these progressive bands that come over. Uh, when you're going into the business and you want to put a band together, how do you sort of, I don't want to say choose to go into progressive, but, you know, a lot of us chase the, the dollar and they chase the pop song and they chase the... And, and progressive is one, you know, it's not on the charts as much. It's It's a bit more of a difficult thing to sort of build a future in, but... How did how did you sort of get into the progressive thing? Is it just you love it so much, or or? Yeah, I think you have to kind of make peace with the fact that it's not going to be a. Well, it depends what you're doing it for, really. <laughs> if you're doing it for the art of making music and being create a creative person, and um, you know, um, I guess it's quite kind of a self indulgent approach to to the to the industry. Um, then you know, progressive music is for you. I've always seen it as is music for musicians, really, um, because we're always pushing boundaries of um, what's what our capabilities are on our instruments and how um, complicated we can make certain songs and sections of songs, and and it's um, it's really like uh, we approach it as almost athletes trying to improve our game each time we put out a piece of music and or perform in a, at, a, at a concert um so yeah you've got you've got to, if you're starting out now and you are hoping to be a prog musician then you've really got to make peace with that and it shouldn't necessarily be about the money um but you do have that, charts you do have chart success i mean your your albums are top 20 top 40 at least in europe We've been at it a while, though, and I think in the beginning it was a bit of a struggle, and that's kind of um, prompted us to write music like The Mountain because all that that album was just about, oh, we're putting in all this effort and it's just such a graft and not really getting much back from it, and this, you know, um, and it ends with quite a negative note. I just want to be somebody, and that's (laughs) a lot. A lot of people go into this business just to be i mean i've had this is paul mccartney um saying this on the recent documentary but you know everyone just wants to be accepted and that's all a lot of people are trying to do is be accepted as musicians um but hey it's it's got to be fun and if it stops being fun then then stop doing it so so what keeps it fun then is it the the creative pursuit that keeps it fun is it the fans showing up that keeps it fun and have you had those moments where you've just said like just before the mountain in 2013 where you just say this ain't ain't working we got to go work at the you know i got to go ride a cab and be an uber driver i mean do you get to that point where you just go ah it's enough it's it's all of the above to be honest um yeah there's there is always a creative drive from me uh, personally um 
like I just I'm addicted to it I can't stop doing it <laughs> and writing and wanting to make the next album already you know and then there is that element of the performance and I'm I'm missing it so much right now you know I can't tell you <laughs> right and yeah we've got all these tours planned for next year and really just like fingers crossed fingers crossed that it's all gonna go to plan um but yeah that's that's it's been hard and I've been you know just trying to keep the studio stuff busy and just to make make the most of it and what's probably not common knowledge is that you know the majority of us in the band are not full-time musicians or maybe we, we technically we are there's a lot of us teaching uh, on the side i'm i'm a photographer on oh. the side so i'm make, you know not necessarily paying my bills with with haken <laughs> and that's hope i'm hoping to change that but yeah even to this day i'm still doing jobs on the side and uh well, okay well, well let me ask bills. you about that because i didn't know about that angle but yeah. You're a photographer on the side. So first of all, what does that mean? Are, are you are you doing like, you know, taking a picture of a plate of spaghetti and, and it goes into restaurant menus or are you doing model shoots? Like, because it obviously means different things to different people. So what does that yeah, mean you're doing well, photography? It, it, it's mixed and the, a lot of the bread and butter stuff is kind of family portraits and things right. like this and just getting the odd jobs at schools and doing a really kind of grounding stuff, you know, keeps keeps me humble. So, but also so, events, events and weddings and things like this. Um, okay, so it's straightforward stuff. It's not an yeah. artistic pursuit in the sense where you're doing uh, here's the mountaintop with the light coming over the. I mean, we're not doing well, that. I, I could do that, and I'd love to do that, but okay. I, it's just too risky financially to have two careers. Um, yeah, <laughs> playing that game, you know, and it's um, it was really a case of uh, bottom line and. You know, which is which is perfectly. Is, fair. Uh, I mean, you know, got a mouth a mouth to feed and a roof to put on. You know, over the heads. Is there an element of creativity though in the photography? Um, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but and that's you know perfectly fine <laughs> with me. That because that's that keeps it interesting as well. Right. So, so then, how do you balance the two? Because you you said you have to, a mouth to feed and, and a roof to put over people's head, which we all do. Can you then afford to go on tour for six months and 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 just say not doing weddings this summer? Like, how how do you sort of come to grips well, with those two things? That's just all about planning. Okay. Um, really, and having a you know, keeping on top of the diary and the finances, <laughs> which is important. Um, Quickly talk to me about uh, the album once again. Is this something that you enjoy doing the process? I mean, you're sitting in lockdown. You're trying not to 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 go crazy like the like most of us did, just sitting there staring at the wall. Did it provide a certain relief to be able to express yourself and have something to say rather than just stare at the TV and go, "Oh, I don't want to see this guy." Absolutely. Brexit again? No more Brexit. I don't want to hear about Brexit. Shut up. Absolutely, yeah. I had this um, routine where I would take the opportunity we had. We're allowed to go out for one one time for some exercise, <laughs> so I made the most of that. You can go out to the yard. I know, great. And, and I'd come home, have some lunch, and uh, just crack on with writing. And I had I had lots to say. I've you know it's been a, a quite. A, it wasn't necessarily regarding 
the global situation but there were some personal things I was overcoming and trying to get that all processed and onto record as well so um that stuff sort of seeped into the virus album but not not um fully and so I wanted to put the the heart on the sleeve on this one and make it really personal and um and work through that stuff almost like therapeutically yeah um, and there you go I mean these do, not to do give you think too much detail away, but read into the lyrics and make of it what you will. And hopefully, some of it's quite relatable. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you do you think the listener who's going to hear this will sense it as therapeutic as well, and just listen to what you're saying and say, "Yeah, I can relate to that. This is this is my therapy. I don't need a fancy hundred dollar an hour guy. I got runs so, because um, <laughs> largely for me, um, it was all about. Um, reconciliation and there's a lot about relationships and and also um self-caring as well um so yeah there's there's a a mixed bag of of issues but um yeah hopefully someone can take someone from something from these songs and if not there's they're pretty catchy songs (laughs) um yeah that's what what uh, i thought enjoyable to listen to on on the surface yeah yeah i i got that sense when i listened to it let me ask you this i have always been in the camp that a song should be you know three minutes long get to the chorus don't bore us and of course phoenix is 11 and a half grounded is eight uh and and prog prog bands for the most part love these really long songs You, you know you listen to uh early ufo and they have a song that's 26 minutes long um talk to me about those long songs and and i don't know shouldn't songs be three minutes get to the chorus don't bore us yeah an album should be 35 minutes and like the good old long. days yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but um i decided to uh well let me be honest yeah. here and say that I, I initially set out to write some sort of country rock album oh, wow. and because I'm a big fan, um, but it became evident very quickly that this it wasn't really working. It wasn't. Um, I didn't think it would um, please fans of my, my voice necessarily, um, and I think I just needed. To, also, it wasn't pleasing. My, it wasn't fulfilling my, my own um, tastes in that in a way. I, I need. A lot more meat on the bone when it comes yeah. to uh, listening to, to records and so i decided to make that choice and expand change change mix up the genres a little bit and include some of these um, longer songs because um I, I know a lot of fans of haken will in, you know enjoy that element too so hopefully yeah. overall even though it's a very long album yeah um, there's, 14 there's tracks nice, there's a nice balance of of uh you know don't bore us, get to the chorus, and also <laughs> some, some stuff, something to get your teeth into also. Yeah. Now, it's funny. So you said you wanted to maybe make a country record. Is that something that you aspire to and maybe now just wasn't the time? I mean, do you want to get down to a honky-tonk at some point and just punch it out like Keith Urban? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have Keith Urban's money. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you and me both. Um but that's interesting because you know, I've, I've never heard I've never heard Phil Collins say, "Hey, I want," on, you know, or Peter <laughs> Gabriel say, "Man, I'd love to do a country song." But that's interesting. 
Yeah, well, I I just I enjoy that stuff. I mean, I listen to a lot of um, the Zach Brown band. I don't know if you're aware oh, wow. of these guys: Brad Paisley, Darius yep. Rucker, Lady Antebellum. Uh, the big hitters, really. Um, yeah. You know, Garth Brooks and mm-hmm. uh, Jim McGraw. They're all kind of on my radar and playlists now and again. Uh, Chris Stapleton, like huge fan of his voice. He's doing so great at the moment. Um, and in a in a sense, I do aspire to that. But yeah, when I tried it, it just didn't feel too genuine. So I think overall, I I just keep it as something just I enjoy listening to. (laughs) Really, but you might hear um, some influences seep in. Like there's a there's a dobro, a a lap steel guitar on uh, the opening track actually of of the record, and um, that was kind directly and even the words we can't unsay track. Um, initially, the bare bones of that was was a country song I was writing, and that we just evolved that. I just evolved that um, sonically to include incorporate more keyboards and and a bit more of an eighties feel. But um, just yeah, that's, that's that was those were the ground um, the foundations uh, for starting this record for sure. As a as a yeah, Canadian, plenty of country songs went in the bin as well because they were. <laughs> They were just sounding too corny, and and they just sounded like every other pop country song that's on the radio in America at the moment. Hey, hey pop country is uh, modern country is, is 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 a big business. Uh, as a Canadian, are you a fan of Shania Twain? Then you have to be a fan of Shania Twain. Shania Twain rocks. Yeah, I have her greatest hits. I don't own all her records. <laughs> you only need the greatest hits, but yeah. she rocks. <laughs> as long as you get to hear Mutt's production, you're good to go. Um. So that that you know that that sort of catches me off guard that you mentioned all those country artists. In terms of the prog world, then who? Because I'm staring at a Genesis album right here. You know, um, who were sort of your 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 prog guys then? Do you sit around and listen to Peter Gabriel and Genesis, or or are you more modern? Or how do you yeah, sort of how do you get into I it? it? I mix it up. Um, yeah, I still enjoy. I mean, I I bought another live Yes album to um, and their new record. As well today which is quite um, good really enjoyed it yeah um needs obviously time to soak in but yeah definitely um i'm still rocking the oldies <laughs> and and on the flip side of that i'm trying to keep on the pulse uh, right. with new bands as well so um and obviously i've made some contacts in the business so i'm you know, checking out their records and um but uh, also heavy metal has always been a, a part of my makeup as well. And I've been enjoying the recent Spirit Box album and Sleep Token. Check them out. They're really good. Yeah. Um, I, listen, I've been, a, I've been on a Metallica um, deep dive recently. So right. Love my metal. That's the other thing I picked up was the Blacklist uh, record. They've just, which is all, all these artists yeah. covering the Black album. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It was really interesting. There's a few a few really good ones on there and a few okay interesting take <laughs> yeah you, you know what I'll, I'll be honest I, I the Miley Cyrus song is good and and maybe the guy from Depeche Mode is good but but the rest of it is is to me very cringeworthy <laughs> I mean I, I'm listening to it going it, who it, came up with this and why it's difficult it's difficult to you know you, you can't unhear the original and the, the originals are so good um, yeah, it's hard. But I also I, think it's the fan base. I see it as a tribute, and that's a beautiful thing, really. If if, yeah. uh, if anyone in the future 
put put together a record like that full of Haken tracks. I'd be so honored, you know. Yeah, I get it, but uh, and not that we want to talk Metallica all day, but uh, I think it's the wrong fan base. I think if you're a Madonna fan or a Lady Gaga fan, and a project comes out like this where everybody's doing it, they go, "Oh my God, wow!" And they they, I think a Metallica fan like me just wants to hear Metallica. We don't want to hear some weirdo doing some weirdo Maybe. version. So I don't know. I think if I'm a Lady Gaga fan and, and you have, you know, Lady Gaga's blacklist, people are like, oh, wow, it's really cool. Yeah, cool. That's fair. Uh, yeah I, don't, I don't think, uh, you know. Uh, just last, last thing on, on Haken then. When you're making albums, do, do you, are you very conscious about moving progressive music forward and saying something new? Or are you more of the sort where you say it comes from a very steep tradition I want to stay in that tradition. We want to, you know, we want to, we want to be, you know, the definition of Prague. How do you approach records? Uh, you know, you want to be modern or you want to be traditional? I think, um, I think it's impossible <laughs> to avoid having some sort of influence or even if you think you're coming up with something that's new so much recorded history <laughs> and there's bound to be something that's reminds you of that oh that even if it's just all oh, that chord progression sounds like that king crimson song or or that that sounds like something i've heard on this track and it's always going to be there um so i'm not saying that we'll give up <laughs> trying to you know, breach those boundaries and, and come up with something new. We're always trying to push our own abilities as musicians and songwriters and inject something new into the genre, I'd say. But um yeah, I I I couldn't tell you what the next kind of um you know actual new genre is going to sound like because right. it's um yeah i mean it's not going to be with guitars and drums and bass that's for sure because it's just so much has, be, has come before right. um so it's fair it's fair to say that that it's not contrived you do what you do and you hope for the best yeah and we tip our hats to our heroes and our forefathers that have come before us and paved the way and and even i'm noticing there's bands coming out now that are inspired by Haken. So that's, that's, a, that's good. That's a great thing. Yeah. That's really humbling. It's really humbling to be part of that, um, you know, lineage, if you like. Actually, here, I, I lied. I'm going to ask you one more question. Uh, as I look through your chart positions, it is very steeped in European. It's European. I mean, the European, you're on the Swiss charts and all that. Has it been difficult to get over to North America? Um, I mean... Our first visit to North America um, was with our second album. So that was quite early on. We um, were invited to perform the Prog Power USA Festival in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when, Big one. On the day the Visions album came out, actually. Um, so, and I think our US fan base is, you know, it's a large country, you know, and Canada's a large country. So it's, there are, Perhaps they're not relatively per square mile or whatever you want to call right. kilometer. There's, there's obviously big gaps, but there's quite a, quite a big fan base, I would say, um, out there. It's just large. It's just spread out. <laughs> yeah, it's hard um, to get to and efficiently. But but indeed, Quebec yeah. has always been very big on yeah. Prague. Quebec is a huge Prague market. 
we've obviously enjoyed um, performing in Toronto and then the, the French Quarter, and uh, we haven't really ventured elsewhere in Canada. I don't know. I mean, where else bands bands tour in in Canada other than these places? But, uh, Montreal, yeah. Toronto, and Vancouver. That's pre- pretty much right. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. But hey, yeah, that's cool. And we, we you know, we, just, we love coming over there. It's always a great, gracious, and uplifting crowd whenever we play there. So it's um, yeah. Yeah, long may it continue. <laughs> well, yeah, keep yeah. coming. And uh, a shadow of my future self is out November nineteenth. And uh, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Great pleasure, and thank you for coming on early. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, and uh, hope everyone checks out the new record. Yeah, I think they should. Uh, I, I put it on, and I was—I uh, don't want to say pleasantly surprised because that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I was expecting like a very prog, and it was very accessible, and it was very—it was great. It was great. Yeah, I figured um, if I was going to make another prog metal album, I might as well just do it with Haken. Well, yeah. So it had it had to be different. It had to be something unique. It sets sets itself apart. Yeah. And it and it does. It's great. Thank you, sir. Merci. Thanks so much. Perfect.